0: hey everybody
1: how y'all doing
0: so we don't want to grow up podcast again
1: we are back and we are having a good time and we hope you are too already already just by
0: being here just by hitting play
1: just live in your life that's what i'm saying i hope in your life you're having a good time.
0: JKL. Just
1: JKL.
0: Just keep living.
1: Just keep living. I knew that. I was making sure you knew it. All right, all right, <laughs> all right.
0: Stacey and Pete here. And this week we are heading into the eighties.
1: We're doing like the Wayback Machine.
0: Nineteen eighty two, to be specific. The movie that we're covering this week, I feel like is a real time capsule for that time period. Yeah. You know, not that I went to school in 1982. I was three at the time.
1: I was six. Right. So I was probably in kindergarten or first grade.
0: Yes, but I meant high school.
1: Oh, yeah, I wasn't there yet.
0: (laughs) But it feels like this movie epitomizes everything that we think of when we think of the 80s.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering how accurate it was because it feels like it was accurate. It does. It does to me. We'll never know. We'll never know.
0: Unless we ask someone that was in school in 1982.
1: Somebody let us know. Is it accurate?
0: (laughs) So I was wondering, since we can't relate to that, you know, we can obviously relate to when we were in high school, Mm -hmm. which for me was the mid to late 90s, you the early to mid 90s. Yep. So is there a particular movie or TV show that you feel like is pretty close, pretty spot on for the time that you were in high school.
1: Yeah. So there's two of them. There's one that was like my idealized version of high school. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really like that. And I would say that's like saved by the bell. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I wanted high school to be. Yeah. It wasn't exactly like that. (laughs) It was more so like my so-called life.
0: (laughs) You stole mine. I
1: did. But I, I feel like it's okay for us both to have that. Because I think it's from different angles. Yeah. But maybe not. Like, I felt like I understood the angst that Angela was feeling. But as my high school journey went on, I kind of became more of a Rayanne, (laughs) 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 to be honest with you. So I'm like a mixture of those characters through my high school journey.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like for me, I was more like a Sharon turned Angela.
1: Ooh, a Sharon turned Angela. Oh, I see. You see? Hmm. Yeah.
0: Because it was like kind of the the good girl. Not that Sharon was just like totally innocent or anything.
1: I feel like she started out as the good girl, though.
0: Right. Well, she was just a different kind of friend for Angela. Yeah. Whereas like Ryan and Ricky were the opposite of what Angela grew up with, with Brian and Sharon. Right. But definitely like once I started liking, well, I mean, I always liked boys because I was freaking boy crazy, even in elementary school. But once I got in high school and had like situations, mm-hmm. situationships, <laughs> which is what Angela had with Jordan. Right, You know, that was where I really related to that. Mm-hmm. And it definitely had a a level of normalcy, you know, and like just seeing them like going home from school and having dinner with their parents. But it wasn't like cheesy. Right. You know, it wasn't a sitcom.
1: Yeah. Although I was never allowed to like storm off from the dinner table.
0: Yeah. I feel like I didn't really do that much until probably like my senior year. Did you storm off? That's when I started being a little more rebellious. Really? Yeah. Sweet
1: little Stacy getting rebellious.
0: Well, it was like I was hanging out with college boys, Mm -hmm. cough, cough. And (laughs) (laughs) I knew that I was getting ready to be out of the house. Yeah. So I felt like I just felt like don't tell me how late I can stay up on AOL chat <laughs> because in a month from now, I'm. this was like the summer. Sure. Like in a month from now, I'm going to be living in my dorm in college and you're not going to be able to tell me how late to stay up.
1: I mean, it's an absolutely valid thought. I feel like as a parent, I would be like, well, you're not yet. I know. And I'm sure that was the reply.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I don't think I would actually even say that. That's just what I was thinking. I probably wrote it in my diary that's in a box downstairs (laughs) for me to go through.
1: For me to read.
0: Yeah. For me to read on air. I've been meaning (laughs) to do that. So, yeah, definitely my so-called life and Dawson's Creek a little bit for the normalcy aspect. You know, like I definitely related to a lot of Mm -hmm. their lives. But for movies, Can't Hardly Wait comes to mind. Have you seen that one?
1: I feel like I've seen it, but it's not one that I can recall the situations that happened in it.
0: We definitely need to watch it and cover it. Is that um, Jennifer
1: Love Hewitt? Yes. Okay. Ethan Embry. Uh,
0: yeah. There's a lot of people in it. And um, there's
1: there's like a big teen party in that one. Yeah, it's a big there? house party. Yeah.
0: And they've just graduated and they graduated in 98, which is when I graduated. Okay. And I related to... <laughs> Like I was just saying, I feel like Jennifer Love Hewitt's character was just kind of over it all. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like the teen dream in school and everybody kind of expected something from her, I think. And she was just like, my head is already like where I'm going to college. Yeah. Because she was getting ready to leave. Um, She
1: was over it.
0: Yes. And I definitely felt that way, too. I mean, I, I felt... Pretty close to all my friends my senior year. Like, I feel like we were all really emotional about having to separate and all Mm -hmm. of that. So I definitely embraced all of that. But I think it was just that the person that I was super infatuated with for years in high school was gone because he had graduated the year before me. And I just didn't have any interest in anyone else that was there. Right. So I'd moved on to college boys. (laughs) 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 looking at one of them. (laughs) And, you know, so in that aspect, school wasn't exciting anymore, where it had been exciting because I would get to see him.
1: I feel like I had a good time my senior year because I was mostly friends with and hanging out with people in the 11th grade. Mm -hmm. because of my whole situation at that time. Yeah. That's just the people I was around most. So I was actually sad to leave because I was like, oh, none of my friends are going to really be going to college with me. Like I had friends in my grade, but they weren't going to the same college that I was going to. Right. So I was, you know, really going to miss out on all of them. And then I'd miss the people that were in the grade below me
0: too. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. All right. So I guess we need to get into it.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. This was one I hadn't watched previously. I've never seen this movie.
0: I had seen it, but it's definitely one that I didn't see until I was an adult. Yeah. And I talked to my sister about this the other night because I, I believe I've talked about it on the podcast that there was this one night she worked at a video store. My parents were out of town and she brought home a pile of teen movies. And they were mostly John Hughes movies like Brat Pack movies. This is, you know, not a John Hughes movie or a Brat Pack movie, but definitely in that vein, I think when people think of 80s high school movies, you know? Yeah. Um, but I asked her, I called her the other night and I was like, do you feel like that was a conscious choice? Like this is too much for my little sister to watch. Right. She's like, to be honest with you, I didn't even see it until I was older.
1: Did she not? Mm -mm.
0: And I think because when it came out, she was like 12 or something.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that was probably before she was in high school. That's what I was kind of thinking about when she would have been there. It would have been mid-80s, right?
0: Yeah. Well, she graduated in 89. So, yeah. So, she was saying she wasn't allowed to see it in the theater or anything. (laughs) So, it wasn't one that she watched until later on. So, that makes sense. But I don't think she... If she had watched it, you know, some of those movies are rough, but not to this degree. This movie, just because of the underage part of it makes it uncomfortable.
1: It does. It is, of course... Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: Brought to us by a power duo, Amy Heckerling was the director who we know directed Clueless, National Lampoon's European Vacation, Look Talking. This was her feature directorial debut.
1: And I saw an interview with her where she was so nervous about how this movie would perform because she was doing the math and they're like, okay, if your movie makes three times what it costs to make it, you're going to be able to make another one. So she's like, well, this costs $6 million, so it's got to make $18 million so I can make another movie. Mm-hmm. Like she really, of course, wanted to make another movie. The preview audiences were from Orange County which I think at that time was relatively conservative, may still be, but they did not respond well to the movie. <laughs> and so I can't remember who released this movie from a, a studio standpoint, mm-hmm. but they considered a very small release, like West Coast only, nothing on the East Coast. So she was really, really worried yeah. that this would be it for her.
0: Huh. And then the screenplay is by one of our faves, yeah. Cameron Crow. And I love this because it feels very almost Mm famous-ish in that it was based on his book, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, A True Story. It came out in 1981. And this was when he was a freelance writer for Rolling Stone. And he was in his 20s. Yeah. But he posed as a student at Claremont High School in San Diego under an assumed name. The only people that knew were like the school's administration and probably some of his teachers. And it was all just to gather stories for this book.
1: Do you think that would be allowed nowadays?
0: No. I don't think so either. No way.
1: Yeah, like an undercover expose on the lives of high schoolers by a 20-year-old.
0: And like, did he have to come back and be like, hey, I wrote this book and based these characters on you, and now there's a movie coming out?
1: I doubt it, because he probably didn't use their names. Yeah, he
0: changed the names, but like... What the heck?
1: That's so awesome. I love it. I I know that he was able to do that. I had no idea, first of all, that this was based on something from Cameron Crowe, nor did I know that he had gone like undercover for it. It's amazing.
0: I know. You know, I did know that he was a part of this movie, but I definitely didn't know that little backstory about it. And that just makes it so fun. It feels made up.
1: It does feel made up. That's a good call.
0: (laughs) So that really gives the summary of the movie. It's just about a bunch of high school kids. It is. And their lives at school and work. And you see like the younger ones navigating first dates and losing their virginity and getting advice from their older friends and siblings that are in their lives. So this cast.
1: What a cast. Holy cow.
0: We've got Sean Penn as Jeffrey Jeff Spicoli.
1: Jennifer Jason Lee as Stacy Hamilton.
0: And it's spelled the right way.
1: It's spelled properly.
0: No E. Judge Reinhold as Bradley Brad Hamilton.
1: Robert Romanus as Mike Damone.
0: Brian Backer as Mark the Rat Ratner.
1: Phoebe Cates, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise known as Phoebe Cates, <laughs> as Linda Barrett.
0: <laughs> if you've listened to our other episodes where Phoebe Cates is a cast member, you've heard the fact that Pete has always thought that it was pronounced Phoebe. Yes. If you haven't listened to Shag or Gremlins.
1: Go check it out.
0: (laughs) Ray Walston as Mr. Hand. And he passed away in 2001. Mm.
1: Scott Thompson as Arnold.
0: Vincent Ciavelli as Mr. Vargas. He also passed away in 2005.
1: Amanda Weiss as Lisa.
0: That's Brad's girlfriend. D.W. Brown as Ron Johnson.
1: Ron Johnson. (laughs) I feel like that's like whenever I make up a name, it's Ron Johnson. It is. (laughs) Sorry for any Ron Johnsons that may be listening.
0: (laughs) Actually, no, you say Ron Johnstone, I feel like. Ron
1: Johnstone, that's right. (laughs) Forrest Whitaker as Charles Jefferson.
0: Yes, this was obviously one of his early roles. Yeah. Kelly Maroney as Cindy, who was one of the cheerleaders.
1: Pamela Springsteen, who is the sister of Bruce Springsteen, is the other cheerleader.
0: And Blair Tefkin played Pat Bernardo, who was one of the three Pat Benatar lookalikes. Okay. She was the most prevalent in the film.
1: I feel like we should play a Pat Benatar song right here. Yeah.
0: I do love how they made a point to talk about the fact that there were several people that were trying out that Pat Benatar look and they were like, do you think guys find that attractive?
1: I think they would have. Like when girls were dressing up as Madonna a couple of years later, same thing.
0: Yeah. I feel like you can do it subtly. Yeah. You know, like with obviously it's like inspired by or you look like you're wearing a Pat Benatar costume.
1: Yeah. Like I really liked Tyler Durden's look from Fight Club. And I sometimes feel like maybe I had on a Tyler Jordan costume at times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would love to see that.
1: I mean, it was the proper shirt with some brown pants. I had the glasses, the whole deal.
0: Oh, wow. Do you have yeah. pictures of that?
1: No. Oh. No, it was a short lived phase.
0: <laughs> I remember your hair being like that.
1: Yeah. But- So there were some bit part appearances by a few actors who later became big stars. So you have Nicolas Cage, Eric Stoltz, and Anthony Edwards were all in this movie. That's insane. Yeah.
0: Some other minor appearances included Martin Brest, who soon afterward directed the mega hit Beverly Hills Cop, which starred Judge Reinhold.
1: Yes. And you know what's funny is I always thought his name was Judd. Oh, really? I don't know why I had that wrong, but I found it out today.
0: And also there was the future wife then, now ex-wife, of Cameron Grow, <laughs> uh Nancy Wilson of the band Heart. She was the girl that was in the car that Judge Reinhold's character was flirting with.
1: Oh, when, like, later on in the movie when he's got the pirate hat
0: on. Yeah, and he forgets because she's, like, yeah. laughing at him and then he realizes he still has the hat on.
1: That is funny. All right, so let's get into these fun she's Facts. So fun.
0: A short lived television series in 1986 titled Fast Times. Hmm. Ray Walston and Vincent Chiavelli reprised their roles as Mr. Hand and Mr. Vargas on the show, and all the other characters from the movie were played by different actors, but most notably, Patrick Dempsey played Mike Damone.
1: That is why. While doing some research, I kept seeing pictures Patrick? of Patrick Dempsey. That's so funny. And I was like, why do they keep showing Patrick Dempsey? He's not in the movie. That's funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that. But I was also like in kindergarten. At yeah. The time.
1: <laughs> so one of the film's producers, Irving Azoff, was also the personal manager of the Eagles and Stevie Nicks.
0: That's wild. I had heard something about how there was like, I don't know if it was on the DVD commentary where- Amy Heckerling was saying that one of their producers had actually introduced the Eagles, mm-hmm. but she didn't say who, but I'm assuming that it's Irving Azoff
1: had to be. he was the manager of the right. Eagles. I have a question for the audience. And if anybody listens to this, hit us up on Instagram with the answer, or I can just go do a Google search. Are there any remaining DVD or Blu-ray rental sources? Huh. Because I feel like a lot of the information that we find could probably be gotten
0: from a commentary
1: from DVD slash Blu-ray commentaries. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's any place to get them other than to buy them.
0: Right. Like we have a lot of them, which we should actually dig them out. We should. You know, the ones that we have. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't have fast time. So
1: yeah, me either. So there is, of course, the famous scene with Judge Reinholdt, where he gets caught snapping it off <laughs> in the bathroom. Um, by phoebe cates but he had gone and bought a very large dildo that he used as a prop and didn't tell anybody so phoebe cates's look of horror when she walks in on him is real (laughs) because she did not expect (laughs) that that.
0: it's awful
1: (laughs) i wish i could see the outtake of the first time me too (laughs) she she walked in on that
0: that's so funny Judge Reinhold reminds me of someone and I can't place who it is. And maybe he just reminds me of uh,
1: Judge, Judge Reinhold, Reinhold but <laughs> later on Judge Reinhold, mm-hmm.
0: I feel like he reminds me of one of our friends, but I can't I can't think of who it is. Hmm. Maybe don't come to me. So the inspiration for Mark the Rat Ratner would go on to become a real life computer guru. Oh really? So crow-based rat on then high school student Andy Rathbone. And he eventually became rich and famous for many of the Four Dummies books.
1: Oh, he's like the writer of those.
0: Yeah. Ah. About the computer programs like Windows and stuff like that.
1: Have you ever read any of those?
0: No, but I've seen them for sure.
1: I see them all the time. I've never read one either, but I've thought about it. It's like-
0: Because I'm not a dummy.
1: Golf for dummies. I'm just
0: kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> 20-year-old Jennifer Jason Lee took a job at the actual Perry's Pizza in Sherman Oaks Galleria Mall where this movie was shot to be able to get into character as Stacey Hamilton. I like that. I like that, too. That's really interesting mm-hmm. to
0: me. Because that seems like such a small part of it. Yeah. Because we don't see her actually serve that much. You know, they're mostly just like having conversations and stuff. Right. So I just think it's funny that she really wanted to get into it.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if that helped the scenes as far as like how those talks happened.
0: Maybe. Maybe. So, Nick Cage was originally supposed to play Brad, Judge Reinhold's character. Right. But the filmmakers relegated him to a background role after he was doing some improvising during his audition process, and they thought that it was a little too weird.
1: I wish I could see what was too weird. I know. (laughs) That would be fascinating.
0: (laughs) And back then, he went by his real name, Nicholas Coppola, but he later changed it professionally because he was, I think self-conscious about like nepotism because he is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. I always forget that.
1: Yeah. Good on him for trying to make his own way. Yeah. So here's another instance where this film is, of course, about high school kids. Mm -hmm. But Nicolas Cage was the only person in the film who was under 18. So because of like the explicit or sometimes explicit nature of the film's subject matter, The casting directors wanted to make sure the actors who auditioned were 18 years or older. And Nicolas Cage, who at the time was only 17, lied about his age (laughs) to try to get a role in the film.
0: I mean, luckily, he wasn't in any of those risque
1: scenes. Right, exactly.
0: But we were talking about that as soon as we realized that Stacy was 15 and she was hooking up with Ron Johnson, who was 26.
1: 26. I was like, whoa, this is uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. We were like, "Um, how old was Jennifer Jason Leigh? Yeah. And we looked it up and she was 20.
1: Yeah. So it's time. like, all right, we'll allow it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Ron Johnson's character was only a little bit older than the Yeah. He was,
1: was a couple months older than her.
0: It makes it a little, little less uncomfortable. Yeah. Sean Penn, <laughs> I think as a lot of people know, you know, I don't know if he still does it, but he was definitely a method actor. Right. And back then- he chose to stay in character the entire time that they shot the film. He forced everyone on set to call him Spicoli or Jeff, and he would not answer to his actual name. They even had the name Jeff on his chair. Oh, really? They wouldn't put Sean Penn on it. <laughs> and apparently some of the actors were making fun of him, like behind his back, calling him Sean De Niro.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I saw something on YouTube where the cast of Fast Times was getting some award. Presented by Robert De Niro. Oh, that's funny. And accepted mainly by Sean, Sean Penn. Penn. <laughs> so near the beginning of the movie, right after Mr. Han sends Spicoli to the front office because he's late for class, Mr. Han passes out a bunch of quizzes. Mm-hmm. And then we noticed that the students all smell the paper.
0: Yeah, we were really confused. We were like, does it smell like weed? But he doesn't like people smoking weed. So right. I don't understand. It was very odd.
1: Yeah. So- This is due to the fact this wasn't done with a photocopier. It was done with a ditto machine. And there's like a specific smell for paper that has come off of a ditto machine that while it wouldn't get you high, it just smelled really good. And so students, I guess of the sixties, seventies, eighties would smell the paper (laughs) that had come off the ditto machine.
0: That must have been something that Cameron noticed when he was undercover.
1: Maybe. Or, I mean, he was in high yeah. school the decade before that. True.
0: I'm just wondering if he wrote about it in his book or not. We were talking about this, and I feel like, first of all, I didn't realize there was a difference in like a ditto machine and a copy machine, because mm. I remember in elementary school them calling the worksheets that we would get dittos. Right. And I do kind of remember a smell, but I don't remember anybody like talking about
1: it. I can remember a smell as well. I can, I can kind of still smell it. Yeah, me too. But I didn't ever like pick my paper up and sniff it right. necessarily.
0: I remember I was teacher's pet a lot yeah, in elementary school. And I remember they would send me to the office to get copies made. Yeah. So I would like go with the paper and a note on it that would say how many you needed. And I would stand there and wait while the people in the office, one of them being my mother, would <laughs> make copies. Right. And I remember that smell pretty distinctly.
1: Okay. I feel like I can remember the smell, but I'm hoping that it's not the smell of a dot matrix printer. I'm hoping it's the (laughs) smell of a ditto machine. I'm pretty sure because I don't know why dot matrix would smell a certain way. I'm pretty sure it was the ditto machine.
0: Was dot matrix... Where we would make the big long banners with yeah. the words and then I would color them in with marker.
1: That's exactly what it is. It, it would have the dots on the top yes. and the bottom or yeah. the sides of the paper, really. Oh,
0: yeah. And you'd rip them off and, to try, not to, off. and try not yeah. to rip. And then it would always rip and you'd be upset.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, this big banner.
0: Yes. Because it was usually it. for someone's birthday yeah. or something like that. It
1: would be huge. Yeah. And you'd try to find like the best font. Yes. That was so unique oh, for their gosh. birthday.
0: I totally remember doing that. Yeah. That was great.
1: It was great. At the office, we still have an active dot matrix printer. Really? Yeah. Do you use it? Uh, It prints off. Well, actually, not anymore. It's sitting there, but it was used probably up to three years ago. It would automatically print off reports from the, you know, it's like the telephone system at work. Right. It's the PBX, it's called. But uh, it would automatically print off reports. So it'd just be a big pile of (laughs) dot matrix paper on the floor every day that you'd... (laughs) rip off.
0: Wow. You
1: know, and then of course you'd you'd leave the sides on, but I would always wanted to rip the sides
0: yeah, off. Yeah. Of I couldn't stand the sides being there. Yeah. Same That's here. That's funny.
1: So I found a video on YouTube where Sean Penn talked about the inspiration for his version of Spicoli. Okay. It was a dude like in his high school that he says is Spicoli. Absolutely. And he's like, you wouldn't think this guy would be You know, functioning today in society. And it's not like somebody he's like kept in touch with or anything. (sighs) But a couple weeks prior to this filming, where he was at NYU or something like that, he was coming back from surfing with his son out in California, walking along, you know, this trail that leads back from the beach. And there was a guy who had like two kids who, you know, looked pretty normal. And as they were walking by, he's like, Hey, Sean, how are you doing? And he realizes, it's Spicoli. Oh, my gosh. It's his inspiration for Spicoli. And so they, you know, they had a little chat or whatever. And he was like, just so everybody knows Spicoli's doing well. He's got a couple kids and he's <laughs> living his best life.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder if that guy knows he's the inspiration. Hopefully Sean told him that.
1: Well, he wouldn't tell the name, of course. Yeah. But I wonder if he did or not. I don't know.
0: He has to know. Yeah. So Fred Gwynn, who played Herman Munster on the TV show The Munsters, Mm -hmm. was originally offered the role of Mr. Hand, but he turned it down because of the content in the movie, the teenage sex and the drug use and stuff that he read in the script. He was like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with that. Yeah, not
1: for me. (laughs) I get that, though. Yeah. Do you remember how big Reese's Pieces became after E.T.? Of course. Huge. So this movie's product placement of an obscure brand was the checkerboard canvas shoes that Spicoli wore, Vans. And soon after, this became a huge, huge brand for quite a long time. Crazy, right?
0: So he doesn't mention what they're called or anything. That's just what he was wearing.
1: Yeah. I want to go back and look at that scene to see if like there's a box that says Vans or if people just searched in some way, shape, or form to find out what type of shoes those were.
0: Right. That's funny. Yeah. They still live on today. They do. This I thought was interesting because we already know that Cameron Crowe's girlfriend at the time, Nancy Wilson, had a little cameo. Mm -hmm. Judge Reinhold was asked to play Brad because he was Amy Heckerling's upstairs neighbor in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah. And then she also cast her ex-husband, David Brandt, and his real-life band, Reeves, Nevo, and the Cinch, as the band that played at the dance. Oh, really? And her ex-boyfriend is Martin Brest, who was...
1: He's the doctor, the doctor that the when they
0: went on the field trip, Ah! but he's the one that went on to direct a bunch of movies,
1: man, just casting your buddies. Yeah.
0: Keep it in the family for real. And the ex lovers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: and now it's time for favorite moments.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number one for me. Is really just the whole opening sequence of this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, that has to be.
0: I could have just watched that, which probably lasted like five minutes, and been satisfied with the movie.
1: I could probably watch that for two hours.
0: Yeah, I just wanted more of that.
1: It just felt like the mall.
0: Yeah, and you're at the mall, a carpeted mall.
1: A carpeted mall.
0: A packed out mall that is full of life, that is full of excitement, and just people want to hang out and meet each other and shop and eat pizza and play arcade games and go to the movies and eat at the restaurants and we get to see all of that Yeah. with some great music and you know you kind of get little shots of the characters in their element you know at their jobs right and that's yeah, just fun
1: it's just a slice of life in a mall for five minutes and it's perfect
0: and it's just so perfect because that's not something that anyone experiences anymore
1: yeah thanks amazon Appreciate it. It's true. I mean, listen, I'm as guilty as the next. in Absolutely.
0: I can't even remember the last time I went to a mall.
1: I mean, I was there a couple of weeks ago. I did go to the mall.
0: Right. But it's not something that we do frequently.
1: No. And it's not a social gathering point. Right. It was
0: totally different. Yeah. Totally different back then. And it lasted through our teen Uh, years, thankfully.
1: I never experienced the mall in the same way that you did. Uh, You had like a very similar experience to this. Just in like an updated mall. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to do things like that. I went to the mall with my parents.
0: Mm, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have some great memories of hanging out in the mall with my friends. Mm. Like I've said in a previous episode, but if you haven't listened to that one, when I was in middle school, I would go usually with the same friend or a couple of friends every Friday night. Right. And someone's mom would just drop us off and we would stay there from like seven to nine or six to nine or something like that. We had our same things that we would do every time. Sometimes we'd see a movie or we'd save that for like Saturday so then we could go back to the mall. (laughs) We would sometimes meet boys. We always had our certain stores that we loved to go in. It was just the best. We'd always take photos in
1: photo booth. (sighs) I pictured what we saw in this movie as your Friday in the mall.
0: Close, just the 90s version. Yeah,
1: just updated, you know, with like tile instead of carpet. Yes. Right.
0: And some different stores. The
1: scenery changed. The situation was the same.
0: Even just seeing like the record store and you could see like a cardboard cutout of Debbie Harry there. Right. And it's like you don't even see that anymore.
1: It's like the death of the record store and the death of the arcade are both travesties of technology moving on Mm -hmm. because they were so much fun.
0: And just like there's one scene where they pan across a bunch of girls butts, but it's not. (laughs) It's like they're wearing like Jordache Jordache jeans or something. Right. And it's more about the fashion of it than it is how Instagram girls pose with, you know, their butt first. It's not
1: about the butt. It was about the jeans.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: In the arcade. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just the best.
1: It's awesome. And, you know, again, I'm as guilty as the next. I'm part of the reason. That arcades don't exist anymore because I love playing my video games at home and spreading right. my quarters out over one purchase rather than spending six hundred dollars you know, for for video games over two years or four years or yeah. something like that. Well,
0: that's the thing. It's like accessibility has definitely killed certain experiences.
1: It has. It absolutely has. But it's like, I feel like the modern arcade is Dave and Buster's. So there's obviously still a market out there for it.
0: Yeah. And definitely people still like to go and do that. Yeah. It's funny though. Like now I feel, even though bowling alleys never went away, but I still feel like it's a little retro when we go bowling.
1: It is. It's just like... It's not quite as cool because it's like, why are the lights so bright, you know? But then maybe I'm misremembering my bowling experiences from my youth and it right. wasn't, you know, dark. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe you're thinking of a skating rink.
1: Potentially. I could potentially be thinking about a skating rink.
0: Yeah. Because that was definitely dark with fun lights.
1: Yeah. And that is something that I would love to go do again. I know. I saw a discussion about that on Facebook and I was like, man. I want to go to a skating rink so bad. Yeah,
0: right now. <laughs> it was in our Facebook group, the Cozy Club Dash. We don't want to grow up.
1: Yes. Very good discussion.
0: Yeah, it is fun. It's just more intimate there. I, I would love for more people to come and join in, but I just feel like you can get more personal and specific in there than you can like, right. on other platforms.
1: You're not going to have like troll drive-bys on there.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: That's how it is a bit more of a safe space. For sure. To express yourself is good.
0: That's why we have mods like Joanna and Stephanie hey. to shut that down.
1: They do amazing work.
0: They do. Bless them. Bless them. Okay. So, yes, that's number one. So, back to that scene though, when we meet. Mark, the rat, Yeah, <laughs> and he works at the movie theater. And you just hear him tell everybody smoking's upstairs to the left as they go in. And I'm like, that's so 80s. It is. And I cannot imagine sitting in a movie theater and having to smell cigarette smoke.
1: Yeah, it's like there's a few hangers on left from like a bar scene
0: mm-hmm. where
1: you go there. Like we went to a place in Nashville pre-COVID where it's just like smoking was allowed yeah. and it was noticeable.
0: Yeah, and it just, it's one of those things that I don't necessarily mind while I'm there because I'm just, you know, I, I was yeah. of the age where I was used to going to bars and it smelling like cigarettes, but-
1: I, I was used to going to my grandmother's house yeah. and getting completely smoked out there because it was like my grandma, it was my great aunt, it was my aunt, and it was a couple other people, hot her whole apartment just full of smoke, and I'm like eight, breathing in smoke.
0: Yes, <laughs> I definitely had a few friends that when I would come home, I mean, my dad smoked when I was young and then he quit, thankfully, when I was pretty young, like first grade or second grade, something like that. But I remember coming home from certain friends' houses later on and my mom immediately probably like stopping (laughs) me at the door to get all my stuff to throw it in the wash before it even made its way through our house. Right. And what's funny as I became an adult, anytime that I was at someone's house where I would smell like smoke coming home. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Just before it ever came to my bedroom, I threw everything in the wash because I just can't stand that smell.
1: It's crazy how noticeable it is now. Yes. Because not that people don't still smoke and I'm not hating on people that smoke, but it is a very noticeable, immediately noticeable smell.
0: Yeah. And if you don't smoke, it's worse for you because yeah, you just, you don't, you notice it. I'm sure if you do smoke, you don't notice it. But yeah, when we came home from that bar in Nashville, it definitely reminded me of those days. Yeah. I was like, shower immediately. (laughs) Get it out of my hair. But I also love how Damone was like scalping tickets and he sold Van Halen tickets that were like pretty close. I feel like it was like 10th row row or or closer, something like that for 20
1: bucks. $12 is what Damone originally paid for them. He upsold them for like $20 to the boys, (laughs) which is crazy. It's just like. 10th row or better Van Halen tickets for that much money is crazy.
0: Yeah, like today, people would pay like $1,000 to go see a big band.
1: Yeah, regularly.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. All right, so my first one, the scene where Spicoli orders pizza, gets it delivered to Mr. Hand's class. A few things happen, but I love that Mr. Hand in the end, he allows it. (laughs) But- He then decides to give the pizza out to the rest of the class. Yeah. So I think Spicoli gets like one slice. So Spicoli gets his pizza. The rest of the class gets their pizza as well. I just think it's a funny scene. And I'm wondering if it really happened.
0: I know. It's so bizarre to think about. Like that definitely never happened at my school.
1: Yeah, that never occurred at any of my schools either.
0: It was a big deal if people even like left during lunchtime to go to like Taco Bell or something because you weren't supposed to, I don't think. But some people did. I don't know.
1: There was no fast food near my public high school. Oh, okay. Now, at the private school, Taco Bell was close. McDonald's was close. So I think people would go there. And, you know, it's not like they were breaking the rules or anything like
0: Mm. that. I don't think we were allowed to leave. I feel like I did like one time.
1: I never left ever, from any of my schools.
0: Number two for me, this sparked a conversation between us. It's when Stacy gives Mark the picture of her yes. towards the end of the movie so that he won't forget how she looks. Right. And so maybe he'll call her over the summer. And we were just like, we paused the movie because you were like, do you remember that? Like giving pictures to your friends? And I'm like, yes. Like I, I still have in a scrapbook that I found the other day, just all the wallet size photos of yeah. my friends over the years, like prom pictures, school pictures, all kinds of stuff.
1: I feel like it got destroyed in my basement, but I had a wallet up until probably 10 years ago that had all my wallet photos in it that I'd ever owned.
0: That's so fun.
1: I think it got ruined down there, though, because it was kind of like a damp basement. So it ruined the pictures that were in there. That sucks. But I'd completely forgotten about that. It was such a sparked memory. When I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about was doing that. It a big that.
0: deal. Yeah.
1: Like you'd write your name and your phone number on the back of it. Yeah.
0: And I also had like a bulletin board in my bedroom and I would put people's photos up there when they gave them to me. And then I would rotate them when new ones came around. That started in middle school for me, I think. And then, of course, it ended with, like, everybody's senior pictures. Yeah. Everybody would give each other senior pictures.
1: Yeah. I never did the bulletin board. I just had – and it wasn't just girls. It was guys and girls in my wallet. That was, like, how my wallet would get full. I'd be like, well, what am I going to do now? Who am I going to keep in like these (laughs) see-through picture keepers inside of my wallet?
0: It was our version of social media. That's like your MySpace top eight.
1: It absolutely (laughs) is. Like, who do you put in there? Who do you (laughs) drop out? And then I didn't really have a system to handle when the wallet got too full.
0: Right. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. And also it made me giggle because I remember when the guy that I liked graduated, we took a picture together. And of course, I got it after the fact. And we weren't, I don't know, it was complicated, but that was the thing. Like, I mailed it to him. Did you? I, like, wrote on the back of it. I mailed him a copy so that he would have it. Because back then, you know, like, nowadays, you just post it and tag somebody or DM them with it or whatever. Sure, And for me, it was like, well, I want him to have it because it's a good picture. And I want him to, you know, like, think of me and have that there and see us together and think, wow, we look good together or something, you know?
1: I'm remembering like correspondence with random girls in random states when I was younger. Yeah. Where it would be that kind of thing where it was like, oh, you'd write somebody a letter and it would be like a photo. Generally, it was like a school photo. It wasn't like a picture of us together or anything. But that's pretty funny. I'd forgotten about that until you just said that. I'm like, wow. I feel like I remember opening a letter and it was like so exciting. Uh I was like, oh, let me put this in the wallet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, that goes along with like writing notes and he would- well, he would sometimes like bring me like something he had drawn because yeah. he was artsy. Artistic. And so he would like draw pictures and stuff and then bring them to my window. Yeah. stuff so, like. <laughs> but it was just so such a different time.
1: It was a different time.
0: Because again, now that's all going to be done via text message or social media. But I feel like it made it more special then because you had to make an effort, you know?
1: Well, I'm not going to say it's more special. You know, it's like, I don't want to devalue what people do today.
0: I know, but I just feel like maybe they don't appreciate it. Maybe they do I appreciate it.
1: I, I don't for sure. I'd agree with you as far as a photo goes.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: value of a photo yes. has been amazingly decreased.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's get back to
1: it. Back to it. So at the very end of the movie, when Brad saves the day. So he's working now at a gas station slash convenience store. Yes. And he gets robbed. It's actually like... I
0: forgot about that.
1: Yeah, it's like randomly stressful in this movie where, you know, stressful things happen, but kind of not to this level. So it's like randomly like super violent. And Brad saves the day by tossing the coffee in the robber's eyes. I just really liked that scene. I was like, oh, yeah, good thought and good job.
0: Spicoli... It has a role there, too, because he yeah. distracts because he, he had gone him. to the bathroom and yep. he distracts the robber. And that's when Brad takes his opportunity.
1: Splashes him right in the face. Yeah. So it felt not really like out of place, but it was a memorable scene. It was just like, oh, I, I like how you did that scene right there. That's cool.
0: And don't they show that he becomes like manager or something after that? Yes. When they do like the updates?
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: OK, number three for me, I loved just the juxtaposition between Stacy's interactions with Ron Johnson. John, said Johnstone? <laughs> Ron Johnstone. <laughs> Ron Johnstone. <laughs> with Ron Johnson, the twenty-six-year-old, and Mark, the kid in high school, you know, who's her age that she's dated or whatever right. she's going on dates with, and he has a huge crush on her. Just when she's with the twenty-six-year-old, she loses her virginity to him in a dugout.
1: Yeah, it's not a sweet scenario.
0: No. It's not. And I'm just watching it thinking of her as a 15 year old girl. And I'm just like, no, (laughs) like this is awful. This is not how you want it to be. But she just wanted to get it done.
1: Yeah. It's like a box she wanted to check at that point, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, you have Mark who genuinely likes her and they go on a date. And when it's over and they're like sitting in her bedroom And she's like showing him her childhood photos in an album, which made me laugh because I remember the first time that you came over to my house, I showed you a bunch of childhood photos. Like, what is that about?
1: I had completely forgotten about that. Do you remember that? I mean, we talked about it and it did spark some memories in there. And I was just like, I completely forgot that that happened.
0: I just wonder if there's something in... In our genetics, <laughs> in our brains that are like, show him this and he'll have feelings for you more. I don't know. It's a different time, though, where we didn't have social media to have all these pictures yeah. uploaded for you to view to and see how cute we were when we were little girls. Right. It's
1: a fun thing. It's just like, oh, look how cute I was as a little kid.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I also wanted to see pictures of you when you were little. Right. but It's just different because it our is. whole lives weren't on social media.
1: Yeah, it is special.
0: It is. But just the innocence, you know, when they kiss, it's such an awkward kiss. And like, that's where she, even though she was experienced at that point, not really. You know what I mean? She
1: thought she was.
0: Yeah. Like she had this one moment, but this was different. Yeah. And I I really just liked seeing the difference of how their relationship grew. And even at the end when they had started really dating, they still like hadn't had sex. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Very good scene.
0: Yeah. I just like that whole relationship buildup.
1: And a home run word. Juxtaposition. Good
0: job. <laughs> Pat myself on the back here.
1: <laughs> so when Spicoli totals Jefferson's Camaro, mm-hmm. I love the whole thing that's going on there. And of course, Spicoli's like, yeah, I can fix it. I can fix it.
0: Oh, he's with Jefferson's little brother.
1: Yeah. And he's like, you're not going to be able to fix it. But
0: <laughs> no, you got to play with a little yeah, bit of that where he's like, hey,
1: man, just be glad I had fast reflexes. My brother's going to. Make up your mind, dude. Is he gonna s? Is he gonna kill us? Daddy's gonna s. he's gonna kill us. I love that, and it's absolutely true. Spicoli is not going to be able to fix this car. So I was like, I don't know what they're gonna do, and I don't think it's like right afterwards. But it's like the next scene, and kind of deep into the scene, you see Jefferson's car at the school. I mean, completely totaled, but they've spray painted the rival high school, like Lincoln. Yes. Making it look like Lincoln smashed his car all up. So then Jefferson comes out and he is really angry. Yeah. And it's right before these two schools are about to play each other. And then Jefferson just destroys Lincoln because of what they did, quote unquote, to his car. And I just I I really thought that scene was a lot of fun. And very smart. Very smart. Well done, Spicoli. (laughs) Or maybe, you know, Jefferson's little brother or a combo of the both of them. Yeah. Good job getting out of that one.
0: So a few HMs for me. I just think it was funny how I don't know what they used to put in Sean Penn's eyes to make him look high. (laughs) Yeah. But obviously, whatever they put in there irritated his eyes because he just looked like he was crying the whole time.
1: He did look sad.
0: He did a couple of times, like his first interactions with Mr. Hand in the classroom. I felt myself feeling bad for him because I felt like he was crying, but he wasn't actually crying. He was just high. He
1: was just high.
0: But it was like, I wanted to like pat his head because he seemed like a lost puppy. Yeah. It's
1: just like, it's okay, little guy.
0: But actually, (laughs) I think his eyes are just irritated because he just had tears, you know?
1: It did look like he was really, really upset.
0: (laughs) And I like the scene where Mark and Stacey go on their first date to a fancy restaurant and he realizes that he's forgotten his wallet.
1: Oh my gosh. What a terror.
0: (laughs) And he has to call Damone on a payphone. And have him like go to his house and get his wallet and bring it to him. And you kind of feel like Damona's is kind of a dick through this whole thing. But he came through as a good friend.
1: There. <laughs> he did come through. He was just kind of, I feel like he was needling him a little bit. Yes. Of course, listen, you don't want to leave your cozy setup at home. right? And drive he was watching TV yeah. and
0: chilling in his bedroom. And which he had a pretty sweet bedroom. He too. Did. All his posters on the wall.
1: Yeah. That was a really well-dressed bedroom. It I was. Thought. And Devo on the wall.
0: Yeah, Devo and, oh, who else did we say?
1: Is that Heart?
0: Maybe Heart. I can't remember. There were tons of people on the wall.
1: He had a bunch of liquor in there.
0: (laughs) And then you have Spicoli's room, which had a bunch of naked chicks all over the wall.
1: Yeah, and that was like a thing. A few of my friends that I'd only see when I'd go and visit my dad, they would have these rooms where there was posters all over the wall of naked chicks. (laughs) And at that age- I was very jealous of these rooms (laughs) and the freedom that these boys were allowed.
0: I'm just imagining you walking in and there's like this big poster of a naked lady. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm imagining Ralphie with the leg lamp and just being like, yeah, a statue. Wow,
1: it's a statue. (laughs) Ralphie, no. (laughs) That's pretty much what it was like, at least mentally. But you had to play it cool. Just like, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. No big deal. (laughs)
0: and then they they leave to go get a drink or something, and you're just like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) That is so 80s that that was allowed in underage kids' bedrooms.
1: I think it's 80s. I don't know. I mean, I haven't been underage for a long time, nor have I been in some kid's room. I
0: highly doubt that that is a thing now. It could be in certain kids' rooms that maybe their parents don't care. Yeah. But... I highly doubt. I, I think it's much less likely nowadays than in the 80s.
1: I absolutely agree because of the advent of the internet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't need it plastered on the wall because you can view it on your computer. Exactly. And then put it away when you need to. Right. <laughs> it's not on full display <laughs> yeah. all day long. I do like how Stacy's big brother Brad showed up and was there for her when she was coming out of the abortion clinic. Right. Because she's like all alone and they're telling her that she can't leave. And she's like, oh, I've got somebody, you know, but she actually didn't. But he had seen her going in. Yeah. And that was just a a good big brother move. It was. Because we don't really see them having like a really close relationship. Yeah. Otherwise. But he's there for Yeah. He did get rid of the roses that Ron Johnson sent her after they had sex in the dugout. Yeah. (laughs) He did get rid of those for her. Good job. To hide from the parents. And then just one last thing. I love the fact that at this school, cheerleaders were not cool.
1: They were not.
0: And there were only two of them that we saw. Yeah. At like a pep rally where they're trying to (laughs) pep everybody up. And everybody's looking at them like they have three heads. Yeah. They're like, why are you talking? I don't care about you. I mean, I know that there were movies like Grease where cheerleaders were considered popular but i mean the cool kids still i think thought they were cheesy well cool kids by cool kids i mean like
1: the greasers the
0: greasers
1: (laughs) that was a guess i've not seen grease or grease too and we'll never see them
0: famous last words (sighs) yeah in this scenario everybody was just like okay like they did not care at all about these cheerleaders
1: yeah they were definitely not like the mean girl crew
0: no Mm -mm. nobody gave a crap
1: nope All right. HM's for me. The scene where Stacy and Linda are cutting up the liverwurst. This led to a fantastic (laughs) discussion with your best friend, our friend, Sarah, where we were talking about liverwurst. And I think she still really loves liverwurst.
0: Yeah, she likes it. It's
1: fallen off my radar a little (laughs) bit, but I used to really, really like liverwurst and eat it a lot. And if you've not had the experience of eating liverwurst, just go check it out. It's like a spreadable meat (laughs) that you get out of like a tube of said meat. Which
0: sounds so gross when you say spreadable meat.
1: (laughs) Spreadable meat.
0: I had never tried it in my life until I met Sarah Mm -hmm. and her family. It was from Western New York, which is where you're from, which is not how you and I met. was so crazy. Yeah. But I would try certain things that were from that area, (laughs) you know, like Zweigel's hot dogs and boss sauce and things like that. Garbage Uh, plates. I had not tried garbage plates with them. That was the one thing that I had with you first. Okay. Okay. But liverwurst was one of those things. And I was like, I am so scared of this. We would either have him on a sandwich with mustard or crackers with mustard.
1: So I've never had it on crackers at all, much less with mustard. But. Sarah mentioned having it with mustard on bread. Uh I feel like I had it with Miracle Whip, but that was just because I was such a Miracle Whip fan back in the day. Right. Today, it's more difficult for me to have Miracle Whip. (laughs) I've transitioned to Mayo. mayo.
0: I'm a Miracle Whip girl.
1: You are. But it's just like seeing that. I was like, oh, my God. It's (laughs) (laughs) liverwurst.
0: Yeah. And they're like slicing it up. They had the big tubes of it. They did. But it made me kind of want some. I haven't had some in years. Uh, I liked it. It was okay. I mean, it's not something I'd want all the time, but just talking about it makes me want like two crackers with it on it.
1: Yeah. I want to try it again just to remember it.
0: Our next charcuterie board. (laughs)
1: Yes. We'll have a little (laughs) liverwurst. So next up, the scene when they're in science class and they're taking a test or a quiz, whatever it is, and everybody is either cheating off of Mike or (laughs) cheating in some other kind of way. Like, you know, a girl's got all the answers written on her thigh. Somebody's got the answers on like the underside of like a dinosaur figure. Yeah. You know, so everybody is cheating. I thought that was a really funny scene. It was funny. And it made me think, have you ever cheated on a quiz or test before? Oh. In high school, middle school or college?
0: I don't think so. I don't have any recollection of doing that.
1: I don't think I've ever cheated on a test or quiz before.
0: And I feel like I would remember because I was such a, not necessarily like such a rule follower, but someone who was always afraid of getting in trouble.
1: Yeah. I would not have wanted to have gotten caught cheating. I would have definitely in middle school been spanked Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: Well, I was that person that, you know, when Like a principal came in a room and was talking to a teacher about something that someone had done, even though I knew I didn't do it. I was just sure it was me.
1: Like it's me. (laughs) I'm in trouble.
0: I did it. Whatever it is, I did it. And I know I didn't do it, but that's me. So I don't think I could have handled cheating.
1: It was just fun to see like the various ways that, you know, either people did cheat or movies were giving people the idea of how else to cheat.
0: True. That's true.
1: Because people had like the answers on the inside of their sunglasses. Oh, that's right. Remember, there yeah. was all these ways. <laughs>
0: well, I think it was funny when they were showing everybody like leaning up to look at Mike's stuff from behind him. Half of them, you know, could not see over his no, shoulder. Way they too They were far. just making it very dramatic.
1: They are not eagles. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Finally for me. So when Mr. Hand shows up at Spicoli's house towards the end of the movie and he's going to pay him back for wasting his time all year. Mm-hmm. He'd calculated that Mr. Spicoli had wasted eight hours of his time and he was going <laughs> to get that back. <laughs> Big time flex by Mr. Hand. But by the end of it, Spicoli actually learned something. And I think he and Mr. Hand kind of mend fences.
0: Yeah, they have a little respect for each other. They
1: do. I liked it.
0: Do you think that would ever happen now?
1: Never. <laughs> First of all, he would never get into the room like that. Yeah. One-on-one. Absolutely not. Not today. Nope. And not in the 90s either. No. Because the 90s were before like things changed for some teachers.
0: Yes. Yeah, for sure. We definitely had that going on at my school. Did you? Oh, yeah. Well, one of our teachers who was older had married someone that had been his student. And that oh, was really? like ages ago. But then it was happening... <laughs> It was happening like with someone who I think was just coming in as a sub at first, but then became a teacher. But he had gone to school with my sister, so I knew him. And, you know, he was eight and a half, nine years older than me Yeah, and was hooking up with my friends. Really? And then later, after I left, he married someone that was even younger than us.
1: Are you serious? Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't think they got married till after she graduated, but.
1: There were rumors at my school about a couple teachers but i always just figured it was because like the teacher was like attractive i was attaching thoughts to it of like they're not going to do that with you like you're 16 and they're whatever age they uh, are maybe it was though i don't know yeah. i didn't believe them when they said that's what happened
0: right I will say my friends that he was hooking up with were seniors and I think they were 18.
1: Okay. Well, I mean-
0: Or close to it, but I'm pretty sure that it was people that had actually turned 18. Still not okay okay. to do and against the rules, you know, but not against the law law. necessarily.
1: Maybe against the law. I don't really know.
0: I don't think if they're 18, but I mean-
1: I don't want to speculate.
0: Yeah. But also I have another friend, not going to mention any names- Who I learned, Becky, who I met. Just
1: kidding. Not Becky,
0: (laughs) who I met later in life, who had told me that in high school they had like a whole fling with one of their teachers.
1: Really? Yeah. That blows my mind.
0: I know. But I mean, I think he was young. And so I'm sure for her, it was exciting at the time.
1: Maybe it probably for
0: him too. (laughs)
1: Maybe it blows my mind because I did not have like one teacher that was like attractive.
0: Yeah. I didn't really, I mean, except for that one that came in. I mean, he was was very good looking. Really? But I couldn't get my head past the fact that like he used to hang out at my house when I was a kid. Yeah. You know.
1: All right. So that does it for our HMs. But we did watch a YouTube video of what?
0: So during 2020, at like the height of COVID, a group of people came together for CORE to do a table read of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I remember seeing a little snippet of this just because of two of the people that were in it. Same here. But let me tell you who this cast was. Let's hear it. You had Julia Roberts, who was playing Stacy. Jane Cook was playing Mark, the Rat Ratner. Matthew McConaughey was Demone. Shia LaBeouf played, or is it LaBeouf or LaBeouf? I think
1: it's- LaBeouf. I say LaBeouf personally, but-
0: Shia LaBeouf or LaBeouf. He played Spicoli, and he was totally in character, and I think he was high. Uh,
1: well, like, he had a joint in his hand, so he was oh. absolutely high.
0: <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if he was smoking that or a cigarette, but <laughs> but he seemed high. He did. He was definitely method for this. Yeah. Henry Golding, who played Mr. Played er, teacher, Vargas. Mr.
1: Vargas, yeah.
0: Uh, Ray Liotta played Mr. Hand. John Legend played-
1: Both- Jefferson and Jefferson's little brother.
0: Yes. Jimmy Kimmel played like all the other bit parts.
1: Yeah, it was like other.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it was like anybody that wasn't a main character, he yeah. played them. Morgan Freeman was the narrator, which is hilarious and amazing. Yeah.
1: Well, he did Cameron Crowe's notes. Yeah. Which is great.
0: Yes. Sean Penn was there and he only played like the pizza delivery the pizza guy. pizza delivery
1: guy. Yeah. Which
0: is hilarious. We were funny. saying we wish he had played Mr. Hand. But... Yes.
1: That would have been perfect for the scene between Mr. Hand and Spicoli. I know. Or both of them. Yeah. all three of them.
0: But I guess he just wanted to observe. But I mean, watching him watch Shia play Spicoli was incredible.
1: He was definitely enjoying yes. Shia LaBeouf's uh, interpretation. I think of they Spicoli. all were. Yeah.
0: And then, last but not least, you had Jennifer Aniston playing Linda. Yeah. And Brad Pitt playing Brad. And Brad. <laughs> so just the moment where everybody's like saying hi to each other at the beginning, and you hear hi Aniston, hi Pitt,
1: how you doing.
0: Good, honey. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. And yeah. you're just like, ah! <laughs> like the, every, and just seeing everyone else's reactions to that, too. Yeah. And the fact that they had this scene, the famous... Phoebe Kate's coming out of the pool and taking her bikini off scene.
1: Narrated by Morgan Freeman, first of all.
0: <laughs> yes, who has to talk about like what Brad does when he goes in the bathroom yeah. and stuff like that.
1: Early on, he's like, oh my God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that was when he was having to describe the carrot scene at yes, the lunch table. Yes, the carrot scene, between yes. Stacy and Linda, mm-hmm. where they're practicing doing a certain job. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, so the whole scene where Linda walks in on Brad doing his thing and like it's hilarious because you could tell that Brad Pitt is so embarrassed with this whole scene. (laughs) And she does a good job of like playing it off.
1: She's chick, eh?
0: Yeah. It was just so fun.
1: It was. Go check that out on YouTube. It, It is actually a good time. It's almost an hour. It's like 56 minutes, but it goes by quickly it
0: does i was surprised how quickly it went back because it's not the whole movie no it's just bits and pieces but... i think
1: they did the whole movie that's what it sounded like as they were like talking yeah, and taking their breaks it. and stuff yeah
0: yeah also at the beginning like chrissy teigen is standing there with john legend and she just looks at the screen and she's like holy because <laughs> she's looking and it's like <laughs> brad pitt matthew mcconaughey julia roberts jennifer a- morgan freeman i yeah. mean it's like
1: it's a who's who of Hollywood. can
0: you imagine just like being in your house and like you're On a Zoom call and (laughs) it's all those people.
1: She's like, oh, I'll I'll just leave.
0: (laughs) She's like, all right, guys, have fun. (laughs) And Julia Roberts was like, do you walk around your house like that? Because she looked like all glamorous and everything.
1: Oops. Oh, I didn't know you guys were going to be here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh, she totally knew who all was going to be on there.
1: Yeah.
0: It was a lot of fun. So you should definitely watch it if you haven't. Check it out. And finally, the year was 1982. What song do you pick?
1: There's only one song I would go with as my number one. There are quite a few songs from 1982, but my number one from 1982, Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. That is such a motivational song. It is. It's so motivational that it is still on my workout list now.
0: Yeah. It's funny because I almost picked it. Did you? But for different reasons.
1: Okay. What would your reasons have been? Or should we save that for later?
0: No, I'll tell you now.
1: Uh, Okay, let's hear it.
0: Well, there's a certain scene in Supernatural Ah. that was like a after the credits kind of thing, special thing that they didn't normally do.
1: Oh, that's right. When Jensen.
0: Jensen Ackles is lip-syncing and acting out Eye of the Tiger. And he's, like, in his car, in Baby, and he comes out and he's, like, on top of the roof and he's singing along and it is, like, the cutest thing and my friend and I would... Swoon. Swoon and watch it on repeat. (laughs) So, yeah, every time I hear Eye of the Tiger, I think of that.
1: Well, mine was more for Rocky. Yeah. But I I get where you're coming from on
0: that. (laughs) What's yours? Okay, I chose Hard to Say I'm Sorry by Chicago. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry I just want you to stay After all that we've been through I will make it up to you I promise to
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, it's one that I remember always hearing it on the radio When I was young, obviously, 82. I mean, it's one that played on the radio forever. It probably still plays on the radio. But even though I was young, Peter Cetera's voice just always stood out to me. Mm -hmm. And that is like a sound of my childhood is his voice. Right. It's not like my parents are super Chicago fans or anything like that. It's just.
1: It was on the radio. It was on the radio. A lot.
0: Atmosphere, you know. Yeah. I remember it a lot like around the pool because we'd always have a radio on when we were by the pool.
1: Is it the little radio that's downstairs? Yeah. Yeah.
0: My dad's radio. Yeah. So just hearing it, even now, like it just brings up flashes from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, specific, but just, I don't know. It's a good feeling.
1: Like scene feelings. Yes. Yeah.
0: And also when NSYNC was first starting out and they were touring around like Germany and the UK and stuff like that, they would sing that song acapella. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so I have a ton of different versions of them singing that song on VHS. In a bin in the room next to us. Yeah. <laughs> but we should play a little snippet of it right now.
1: So did they only play that overseas?
0: Yeah, I don't remember actually ever seeing that on a U.S. appearance.
1: Okay, that's interesting. But,
0: I mean, that's, that's kind of like... What they did with Transcon, Glue Perlman and all them, like they shipped Backstreet Boys over there. Uh-huh. And then they finally like hit it big in the U.S. years later. And the same thing happened with NSYNC. NSYNC was over there like 95, 96. They didn't make it big in the U.S. until like 98.
1: So they were on that grind. Yes. For a few years yeah. overseas. They were. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good song.
0: It's a great song and they they do a great version of it, but obviously there's nothing like the original. Even I can say that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's it for this week.
0: Another one down. Good job. Good job to you. So if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at We Don't Want to Grow Up Pod. You can join our Facebook group, which has changed names. It is now called The Cozy Club-Fans of We Don't Want to Grow Up. We're slowly growing over there. We have some great mods, Joanna and Stephanie, that are helping us out, starting conversations. So come over there. It's a good time. It is. We're on TikTok at We Don't Want to Grow Up. You can email us at We Don't Want to Grow Up at gmail.com. If you'd like to help support the podcast and all of our other endeavors, you can become a member of our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash We Don't Want to Grow Up. There you can gain access to bonus episodes and soon to be extra content. Another way you can support us is by giving us a five-star rating if you listen on Apple Podcast and leaving us a nice review. You may listen on other platforms, and maybe there's another way that you could rate us or review us there. So if there is, please do so. Those numbers do matter. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. Also, you could help spread the word by sharing about it with your friends and family and on your social media platforms with your followers. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.